I have been up since 3 a.m. What's up? How are you? How you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Always excited to be on the microphone. We're going to talk a little bit today about laughter. Help me to laugh, lighten up, and be at ease with myself just the way I am. Man, that's a good topic. It's been on my mind since I woke up at 3.30 a.m., not able to go back to sleep because what happens? The anxiety kicks in. My head starts going. I start thinking, oh, man, it's so it's so overwhelming sometimes. I just got to say, you know what? I'm just going to hop up, get out of bed, put my cozy socks on, walk on over, grab a cup of coffee, sit down and read a little bit and write a little bit. And what do you know? Some podcast content is born. So we're going to get to that in just a minute. But first, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. Now, I was looking at the Promises website here uh, just a few minutes ago before I hit record on here, and I forgot that they created such a great page for the Sober Guy Partnership here. And uh, you can go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com and check it out there. You look on the About Us tab and then go to the Sober Guy Partnership we we did some pictures out in Arizona uh, to uh, uh, to kind of display that a family uh, like ourselves, the Raymer family, can be in recovery and thrive and uh, and really get your life back on track. And I think our family, uh, you know, we're far from perfect, but we've done a great example, um, or we've been a great example uh, of being able to do that, being able to uh, turn our lives around. Well really me, turn my life around, I guess, uh, get out of active addiction and uh, start to live a life that's a little bit better. So we went out there, we took some pictures, the kids came, Jess came, uh, and there's this picture on on the Sober Guy Partnership webpage of my daughter Lucy and me, and she's sipping some tea or whatever, and it's just absolutely beautiful. I love it. It's a great moment in time, uh, father, daughter, and uh, man, I'm just so grateful and happy to be sober and in a spot today where I can enjoy these things. So with that, check out the page. Uh, great to partner with Promises. Let me tell you a little bit about, like, who who's Promises? I always say that. What is Promises? What are they promising? It's a mental health and addiction treatment centers or Promises. Let me rephrase that is a family of mental health and addiction treatment centers uh, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. And they're ready to help you or your loved ones stay committed and achieve your promise of recovery. Now, you got a lot of treatment centers. You got a lot of um, resources that you can choose from out there. But how do you know who you can trust? Who do I trust in this? Who do I call? What, what if my loved one's really struggling? I don't know what to do. How do I get some answers? That's where Promises comes in. Now, I've personally worked with some of the team at Promises. They're great people. They care. Many of them, and I say this every episode, and I think it's just an important thing to point out. It's not just a bunch of just a bunch of stiffs in there doing a job in a corporate entity, <laughs> as I would like to call it. This corporate, that's not what it is. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, every company could be considered corporate, I guess, but these people of promises care and I've worked with many of them. They have family, they have friends in recovery themselves. So there's a personal connection to that, which is always important. I feel like when we're doing the work that we do now, in addition to that, they also have highly trained staff members throughout a variety of treatment centers. Uh, let me, I wanted to point out a few of those. Uh, well, let's just go down the list here too. You got promises, five palms 
in uh, in Ormond Beach, Florida. You have Clarity Way in Hanover, Pennsylvania. You have Lucinda Treatment Centers in Florida. You have uh, Promises, Austin, Texas. You have, uh, oops, I lost the, the list there. You have uh, The Right Step Hill Country, Texas. Uh, let's see. The Right Step Hill Country, Texas. Yeah. The Right Step in Dallas, Texas. Oh, that must be country. See, I've never heard of that. I'm from California. I didn't know country. Is that right? The Right Step Hill Country? Or is it the right? Yes, it's the Right Step Hill Country, Texas. There it is. There it is, Raymer. You got it. You're still going strong. The, we got the right step, Dallas, Texas. The right step, Houston, Texas. I need to get to Texas, man. I love some Texas, and I've never been. For, I've, I've sat on the runway in Texas before, so technically that doesn't count. Uh, but still, got to get out there. You got the ranch in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania. You got the ranch in Nunley, Tennessee. You got the Washburn House in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. It's wicked cool, as they say out there. I probably just totally made a fool of myself by trying to act like a uh, some slang from Boston since I'm a Cali guy. But in any case, Promises is on your side. They're great people. To learn more about Promises treatment options near you, go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash soberguy, or you can call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that sober guy podcast. All right. Now, like I said, I've been up since three 30. Not that that matters, but do you ever get those when you wake up and you just, you cannot go back to sleep? Your mind starts going and, uh, it happens to me more often than not. And, uh, we're rolling with it. This early AM for me recording, whether you're listening to this in the morning, the afternoon or the evening, uh, we're going to jump in. I got a good topic today. I'm going to uh, elaborate on a little bit, help me laugh, lighten up, and be at ease with myself just the way I am. Let's get this show on the road. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast. What was that podcast? <laughs> and we help people stay sober. That's what we do. I stay sober in the mix too. That was the whole reason I started the podcast because I needed to stay sober, man. I was so desperate not to jack this thing up. And uh, in the process, we've been able to have a ton of great people on the show, create some great partnerships, uh, and not only help myself stay sober, but help some other people stay sober out there too. So it's really an honor to be on the microphone. I love doing this stuff. So thank you for tuning in today. If it's your first time, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. And uh, you're in the right place, as they stay, as they say in some of the uh, some of the rooms. So be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at realthatsoberguy and uh, on Twitter at Shane Raymer. Shout out to my good homie, rest in peace, Alan Stevens. He would say, Seamus Ramir. Seamus Ramir. Miss that guy. So help me to laugh, lighten up, and be at ease with myself. Just the way I am is the title of today's podcast. And uh, how do we do that? <laughs> I wish I could wave a magic wand and say, here is the perfect answer. But as we all know, I don't have all the answers. 
I am uh, I'm just a guy in recovery trying to share a little bit about what has worked for me, what hasn't worked for me, and share a little bit of this journey on the way with you in the hopes that maybe it can help somebody else out there. So very appreciative of the um, of the opportunity for me to learn and continue on this journey in my own recovery. And then, of course, being a father and a husband and just a dude, man, trying to live. That's one of my favorites. Uh, just trying to live by Devin the Dude. A little, uh, little bit of love right there to that. Got to get those old school jams rolling every now and again. But how do we laugh? How do we be light? How do we not take things too serious? Uh, and then what's the balance between not taking things too serious and getting shit done? That's always been a big struggle of mine because there's there's not a, a lot of room in the middle for me it's I'm, I'm kind of a pedal to the metal all or none type of dude where it can really tend to be I'm all in or I just don't give a shit and that's the dangerous just don't give a shit Shane attitude or I'm all in which is also kind of dangerous because I can freak myself out and just overwhelm myself and how do I find kind of the middle of that and uh, today's uh, uh, transitions daily, which I love to start my day off with, uh, really spoke to me because I can tend to take things way too serious sometimes and be all up in my own head. If you've done that before, I'm sure you can relate to that. Your head, it's like that committee up there that, that we talk about, that we've heard about, that you hear people talk about. You got five, five different characters up there, all with different emotions and different thoughts and different feelings. And then they infiltrate our brain and they tell us all kinds of crazy shit and we take it all personal and get all pissed off and hard on ourselves. And before we know it, we're in a ball of emotion. I'm in a glass case of emotion. And I just don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> and we feel like shit. And we don't know what to do. And so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about. Some, some of that. Some of that. I went off the, off the rails there a little bit. But uh, today's Transitions Daily really did speak to me. And here's what it said. And, and for the record, really fast, this is from a daily reflect, a reflections piece of Transitions Daily. And if you want to subscribe and get a daily recovery email to your inbox, it's one of my favorite ways to start my morning's off. It takes about five, six, seven minutes to read. They also have a podcast if you wanted an audio format. Go to transitionsdaily.org and you can subscribe and then they just shoot it right to your email box. So this one came out of Daily Reflections. It's called The Gift of Laughter. This is a piece out of uh, Transitions Daily email. It says, before my recovery from alcoholism began, laughter was one of the most painful sounds I knew. I never laughed. And I felt that anyone else's laughter was directed right at me. My self-pity and anger denied me the simplest of pleasures or lightness of heart. By the end of my drinking, not even alcohol could provoke a drunken giggle in me. When my sponsor began to laugh and point out my self-pity and ego-feeding deceptions, I was annoyed and hurt, but it taught me to lighten up and focus on my recovery. I soon learned to laugh at myself and eventually I taught others to laugh also. Every day I ask God to help me stop taking myself too serious. Man, that's good right there. So how do I stop taking myself too seriously? That's rule 62, right? Don't take yourself so damn serious. We talked a little bit about, well, I didn't specifically talk about that, but I tried to give an example of that in uh, last week's podcast 
with Jess and Lucy and just tried to lighten it up a little bit. We had a fart contest. <laughs> we found out that Jess farts way more than I do. Go back and listen if you're interested. We heard a little bit about loose soccer. Had a good time, let loose a little bit. It didn't have to be anything too crazy serious and just try to lighten it up a bit. And I have to remind myself, my family and my friends, like Jess and Lucy had to remind me that night to lighten up a little bit. Don't take things so serious and it's a tough thing to do. So how do we incorporate that and laugh again. How do we laugh again? First, let me take a sip of coffee and we'll see if this helps. Mmm, that's good. Good stuff right there. But how do we laugh? How do we do that? Ooh, I'm just looking at my recording device here and it looks like it's on red. Oh, I need a new card. I gotta, I gotta get a new, uh, new SD card in there. I'm getting low, but I think I got a little time to finish this. So we'll... We'll, uh, we'll keep it moving. But how do we laugh again? How do we do that? For me, uh, at the end of my drinking career, the only thing that was funny was nothing. <laughs> like there was nothing funny for me. Like laughter, pretty much out the window. I was miserable. I didn't laugh or cry at that, at really anything. I was pretty damn numb, pretty numb inside. I just, I didn't really feel much. And I didn't want to feel much at that. I didn't want to really feel anything. I think that's why I was numbing out every day, all day towards the last year or so. But I do remember having a quick laugh after I threw up in my mouth and then swallowed it because I didn't want to waste the vodka. But the quick laugh was only a half-hearted last line of defense as I began to realize the insanity of where my life actually was. Uh, and as I walked my miserable ass into work that afternoon, I can remember um, saying to myself, like, I, I think I might have a problem. <laughs> you think he just downed a pint of vodka on your way into work and then puked in your mouth and swallowed it because you didn't want to waste it. And you think, Raymer, you think you might have a problem. Now, I can look back on this now uh, and and laugh a little bit about it, you know, because it's, it's kind of, it's ridiculous and it's kind of funny at the same time that, that my mind was in such a place where you know it, that was just that was like normal to me at the time like what I was doing I mean it wasn't normal but it just felt like well it's just what I do you know what I mean it's just what I do and in that moment I can remember though even though it's 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 ridiculous to say no I think I might have a problem well it was a it was a little bit of a wake it was a little bit of a conscious kick in the nuts I guess like man, man maybe I do I started to question that so maybe you have those types of questions if you're early in your recovery trying to figure this thing out. Like there's certain things that you do and it's like, man, like I've heard that a lot from people. It's like, man, how do I know if I have a problem? Like, how do I know if this is too much? You know, maybe I'm not an alcoholic and I just, I need to figure something or maybe I am a full, maybe I really have a problem. Like, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer that. But the more important thing is if you're asking those questions or you're having those thoughts, just like I had like, man, I. I think I might have a problem. You know, that's a moment when we can start to be honest with ourselves. And we'll get into honesty here in just a couple minutes because that's a really important piece of this. But as I look, like I was saying, as I look back now, I can laugh on this, but any genuine laughter at that time in my life was relatively non-existent in that last year. Like I, I really don't remember genuinely being joyful and happy and, and feeling light everything was extremely heavy and dark and I was angry 
and all those things and and the alcohol was fueling all that uh to some extent or at the same time it was also numbing a lot of that stuff out you know but for the couple hours a day when i when i wasn't uh, intoxicated all those feelings came up tenfold and i had no clue and no tools on how to deal with any of that stuff so feelings were non-existent just in general and not just laughing like i had numbed myself to just about any type of feeling possible joy happiness, sadness, anger, frustration, laughter, uh, and, and the list goes on. Just, you know, any any feelings. I, I did not want to feel. I wanted to be numb. And don't even get me started uh, on the whole spiritual connection thing. That was almost non-existent other than the fact that uh, God placed a huge lump in my gut at that time uh, with the feeling that if I didn't get help soon, something really bad was about to happen. Like there was this, there was this feeling in there that I... I I, I don't really know how to explain it other than it just being something that was telling me like, Shane, if you don't do something about this, I don't even know what it is, but something bad is about to happen and it's not, it's not going to be pretty. And so that was a, a little bit of a motivating factor for me too, because man, I didn't, I, I didn't want anything bad to happen, but at the same time, I wanted something bad to happen. I don't know how to, how to really explain it. I guess it was just more of a case of case of the fuckets, right? We've heard that before. Um, you know, like, I don't really care. I don't don't want to don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. I just don't care. I don't could care less, right? I didn't know who I was. I was numb to pretty much everything. And then you want me to find laughter in this place? So maybe you're in that place right now. Maybe you're at that low low point, or maybe you're on your way there right now. Maybe you're on your way there. You just haven't laughed in a while. You don't feel light. You feel like everything's too heavy. You know, maybe it's work. It's a relationship. Um, it's a, 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 a certain situation at work. Uh, maybe it's being a parent. Um, maybe you're just struggling financially. Maybe whatever it is that you're going through right now and there's that down decline and, and then you're listening to this and you're like, man, you want me to find laughter in this? Like, well, like I said in the, in the beginning, you know, you, I don't have all the answers, you know, and maybe you're thinking, you want me to find laughter? This is impossible. But here's how I found some laughter again. Let me share a little bit how this started to work. It didn't happen overnight, too. Let me let me be very clear about that. This isn't something that I just all of a sudden hit a switch or work a couple days or a couple weeks in and all of a sudden I'm the happiest, you know, clam in the bunch, whatever you want to call it. Take a sip. It takes time. It takes work. It takes um, honesty. And that's, that's what this leads me into here is I had to get honest with myself. I had to go all in and be willing. That's a very key word there, willing. Are you willing? I had to be willing to do whatever it took to get sober. And for me, that meant laying down pride, asking for help, which is always a tough one, especially for some of us dudes out there who think we got it all figured out, like myself sometimes still. I got this. I just had it the other day. And shout out to my homie, Mark, who I hollered at, sent him a text, said, hey, bro, I'm feeling pissed off right now. I'm angry. I don't know what's up. And, you know, he called me, you know, not not too long after I had texted him. And uh, we talked about it a little bit. And he said, what what do you, you know, what do you been, what's your diet looking like? What have you been drinking? You've been drinking a lot of caffeine. I go, well, yeah, actually I have. You know, I have been drinking a lot of caffeine. I said, man, he gave me, he gave me perspective. He got me out of myself. 
You know what I mean? And that's what homies do. That's what recovery communities do, the fellowships. That's what we're here for, you know? And so I have to be, but here, my point to that was, is I had to be willing to shoot him a text and say, hey, bro, I'm feeling pissed off right now. I'm kind of angry. And that wasn't easy to do. It took me a couple of times to type it out before I finally hit send. Because even after six years of being sober, like this shit, like I said, doesn't happen overnight. Like I had, I have to continuously put the work in and train and train and practice, practice, exercise. Like I don't just get fit in shape physically overnight. It takes years. You know what I mean? It takes a long time to do that. And it's the same thing with, with this stuff, with saying mentally fit, spiritually fit. I got to do whatever I got to do. And it ain't perfect. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I'm probably my own worst enemy and worst critic at that. It's never good enough, you know, and uh, I'm open about this. I've said it before. Jess and I do marriage counseling right now. We're back in it. It's been huge. It's a great, uh, a great tool to, to have to help us communicate better. And that came up yesterday. Like it's never enough with me, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, money, you name it. It's never enough. Like I'm never, I'm never, um, I'm constantly uh, seeking, I feel like, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's worse than others. So my point to this is I have to be willing to, to do the work in this, to go to counseling, to reach out to a homie. Um, and that means laying down that pride and asking for help. Maybe that means walking through the doors uh, of a meeting for you or a treatment center or a church, whatever it is that's speaking to you in your program, what you, what you think might help, whatever your style is, whatever, 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 whatever. I feel like I said, whatever, like 20 times, but you got to step out. I had to step out and ask for some help, had to go to a meeting, had to check myself into rehab for 30 days. That wasn't an easy decision, you know, and I had to recognize uh, that I did and I still at times have that self-pity and ego-feeding deceptions as it states in the 12 and 12 on page 26. Let me say that one more time. I still do sometimes uh, and definitely did at times have self-pity and ego-feeding deceptions. Ego-feeding deception. Man, I don't even have time to dive into all that right now, but that's that's some deep shit right there if you really want to dive into that stuff. And what I love and what I'm learning is all of this stuff really comes back to two things. It's fear-based or it's love-based. And then once we figure out what category it's in either one of those, is it coming from a place of love or from a place of fear, then I can start to unpack it and figure out really what it is. But that's usually where it starts. So I had to start putting in the work, communicating with others, finding others like myself who could understand what I was going through and that I'm not alone in this fight. You know, this alcohol wants to isolate us, wants to make us feel like we're all alone, like we're the only ones going through this stuff, you know, and that's when it can get really dangerous. And that's when it got dangerous for me when I was sitting in my garage, you know, till two, three, four in the morning, uh, tying it on all night, drinking and, and fantasizing about how my life was going to be better one day and how I was going to do this and do that. It was all bullshit. It was all that committee that I described earlier, five, 10 different characters up there just messing with my brain, with the brain, which is separate from my heart, separate from my soul. It's different. But I take all that stuff personal and then, man, it's a whole ball of mess in there. I'm not doing the work 
to work some of that stuff out. But only when I decided to make that choice, to communicate, to reach out for help, hit a meeting, go to treatment, call a homie, call a sponsor, tell my wife, whatever it takes, only then, only then I started to do the work and then the fog began to lift. Then I began to see life with a new perspective, not life through Shane's window, through how I see it. I can start to accept life on life's terms instead of on Shane's terms. And then, only then, did I find some genuine laughter again. Started to be at ease, started to be joyful. The fog began to clear. I actually started to feel childlike again, like a kid. Remember that feeling when you were a kid and you could just genuinely laugh? You could just genuinely be free? It was freedom, man. Being a kid was free. It was so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Even though a lot of us had shitty things happen in our childhoods, at, at, at some time, there had to be that sense of freedom. I know there was for me. I had lots of that riding my bike, playing at the park with my homies, like, you know, doing th- playing baseball, all those things. There was freedom there. There was genuine joy and laughter. And that's what I want to tap into again as an adult. Man, some crazy dogs barking right now I hear in the background. Um, see those little things like that, they tend to distract me sometimes. I'm like a cat and I looking all over the place and it's a, and you, you like, I I don't even know how to describe it right now. I don't even know how to describe it, (laughs) but it made, see, it made me laugh. Genuine laugh. Don't take myself too serious, right? That's what we're trying to focus on today. So maybe we need to step back and, and, and laugh a little bit. It doesn't have to be perfect. This podcast right now doesn't have to, there can be dogs barking in the background. You know, I can laugh and I can burp and, and take a drink. I'm not on, you know, a, a mainstream like media shit. It's not perfect. You know what I mean? Which that's why I hate mainstream media because they think it's got to be perfect and that's why it's fake. That's a whole nother topic in itself. But what's the balance between not taking things too serious and getting shit done? That's a, another big question. And, and my sponsor buddy and I has been on the show quite a few times and my mentor and all around good dude learned a lot from him and continue to do so. I've asked him that question and I've asked other people that question too. I think I, I don't know, was it Marcus Ogden a couple episodes back? I think I asked him the difference between ego and, uh, and confidence. I asked him, yeah, what's the difference between ego and confidence? And uh, it, he had a great answer to that. And if you want to hear it, go back and, and listen to it because I don't want to get too far off track. I think it was episode 301. Um, but in any case, I've asked that question many times. How do we balance that? Not taking things too serious and not getting shit done. Because like I talked about earlier, it tends to be all or nothing for me. Pedal to the metal. It's like, screw it. I don't want to do anything. Like I'm done. I don't give a shit at type of attitude, you know? Um, and that's, here's the thing. This has always been a tough question for me because I'm a doer when I'm in a good place spiritually. And I realize that. And if I'm spiritually fit, I'm, I'm going after it. I'm in a good place. And if I'm not, I'm the, I don't give a shit about anything type of guy when I'm not spiritually fit. So like, where's the balance in between? And here's what I've found through my own experience. And here's what I continue to find. When I push expectations to the side, and instead of worrying about the outcome of things and I, I focus on doing the next right thing one little piece at a time, my life, my peace, my joy, my laughter, 
becomes a hell of a lot easier to sit in. Um, I, I can I can practice my patience in this place, like in, when I'm in this spot, when I'm spiritually connected, when um, I'm going with the flow, I'm not creating these huge expectations. And then when they don't meet my demand or my expectation, I freak the hell out, right? Like I can't live like that's a really tough way to live. And it's very hard to keep that in check. So that's why we're showing up doing the work. Why do you still go to meetings after six years? Why do you still work recovery? Why do you still talk about this crap? Because it's not ever gonna, like I'm never gonna arrive and not have to deal with life. Set the alcohol aside. You know, for, it's, it's really about learning healthy tools on how to deal with life instead of turning to the bottle to deal with life and numb out so I don't have to feel anything. I don't want to do that anymore. Although feeling sucks sometimes, at least I get to feel today. You know, and that's where it becomes a lot easier to sit in is what I'm saying. So I can practice my patience in this place. I still do the work, but I don't trip off expectations and how this or that should fit into Shane's little perfect box. Now, I was trying to think of a good example for this. And the first one that came to mind was practice. Uh, the first Pony Pinto B Phillies practice, right? I was nervous. I had a bit of anxiety. I wanted everything to be perfect. You know, my, my patient, like I was planning out, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this drill. We're going to now mind you, mind you, these kids are five and six. Okay. So you can laugh now. Feel free. Five, holy shit, five and Yeah. They're little guys, right? We did T-ball last year. That was crazy, but it was cool to see him get better. My my patience was was tested. It got better. It was definitely a learning experience. Same thing starting out again. Like I was like my patience was limited. Like the first practice, right? All mapped out. I wasn't laughing. I wasn't having fun. Um, I was too focused on these high expectations that I set of five-year-olds playing baseball, which is similar to herding 13 cats, trying to get them all together. And it just, it doesn't happen, man. They're five and six. Their attention spans are very minute, I want to say. That sounded cool because I said the word minute and used it in a sentence. <laughs> but like it was, they're small, right? And baseball is a slow game anyways. Baseball is a very slow game. You got to have patience to play baseball. That's one reason I think I love it because it does teach me to have some patience when I can sit through a whole game and actually watch and strategize. But these kids are five and six. They're not going to do that. They want to have fun. They want to joke around. They want to wrestle. They want to play catch and hit the ball around. They want to have a good time. But I, in the first practice, you know, and I think we're four or five practices in now and it's getting a bit better. Thank God. But I was too focused on what the parents might think, you know, there's that ego coming in, right? I'm, I'm too focused on what they might think if the practice wasn't perfect. If I'm not doing the perfect thing for their children, you know, making sure that everything's just perfect and they're going to learn and, you know, and they're going to play, but we're going to be the best team. And it's like, I should have been more focused on laughing and having fun. Like I needed to lighten the hell up. I needed to have fun, to laugh, to goof around with these kids. They're five and six. They're not going to college yet, okay? They're not playing in the, in the World Series. Like, I can still teach them the game. I can throw a ball. I can hit a ball, and I can run to first before the ball gets there. Boom, that's done. That's what I need to teach you. That's it. 
It's baseball. You're five and six. It's Pinto B Pony. We're learning the game. We're having a good time. We're making friends. We're being good sports, sportsmanship, teamwork, positive attitudes, all that stuff. Okay, let me let me stop and just take a quick breath here. I do this when I'm speaking, I noticed too. I gave a presentation a couple weeks ago and I just start going. And I got to stop and remind myself like, chill, honey bunny. Chill. Anyone seen Reservoir Dogs? Honey bunny. Honey bunny. Chill, honey bunny. Okay, honey bunny. One of the best scenes ever. But these kids, they're not trying to get scholarships. They're not trying to play in the pros at five and six. They want to have fun. And I can still teach them the game and I can still do that. Now, baseball is a kid's game. And as coaches, a couple of my my buddies I coach with, right? My buddy Nick, his boy Kaysen's on our team. Kaysen and Cash are little buddies. And then my other buddy, Daryl, who I've known for a long time since we were kids, uh, elementary school days. His boy is a bit older now in high school playing baseball, but he still loves to coach. I think he loves to coach until he got out and realized five and six-year-olds again and actually the attentiveness and patience it takes to be a coach at this age. Um, uh, you know, and, and we kind of joke around and talk about that, but it's teaching us too, as much as we think, yeah, we're teaching these kids to play baseball and sportsmanship and all this stuff. Like these kids, these five and six year olds are teaching us things at the same time. Us, us thing, teaching us things. <laughs> Love when my voice cracks. That's just classic. Um, but it's a kid's game, right? We're all trying to have fun no matter what age it is. And as coaches, you know, we're doing our best to teach these 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 kids the game. We're teaching them the best to hit a ball, to run to first base, to throw it there. But we got to remember in all of this to laugh and have fun, to laugh and have fun, to be light, to have joy, to be at ease. That's how that's how we do good. That's how we play good. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, use the analogy of baseball or life or recovery. Okay, we, we play good at recovery by being light, by having some fun, by being able to not take ourselves so damn serious in all this because it's it's a heavy topic for a lot of us. We've been through some shit, right? We, we have to learn to find comedy in some of this stuff. We have to learn to not take things so personal, the things that we've done, the mistakes we've made, um, all of those things that we've been through. We have to learn to be at ease with that. How do we do that? We do that by doing the work by showing up, uh, practicing a recovery program, whatever that looks like for you. That's how we do it. Just like we do it on the baseball field, teaching these kids, we, we practice, we learn the game, but at the same time, we have fun while we're doing it and we don't take it too serious. Rule 62, don't take yourself so damn serious. You know, and I, I mentioned, I think we practice it last episode in Lucy and Jess's fart contest. Go back and listen to that one. If you haven't yet, we had some fun. So, and then here, here's the other thing about, um, well, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go there. Well, okay. I will go there. So <laughs> I wanted to mention this too. I, I kind of put this in the notes here about one of the ways that, that we kind of help by having some fun, like with the kids is handing out baseball cards, right? So we got to bribe them. So we got to say, Hey, you know, if you do this and you listen well, whatever, we'll give you a baseball card. And then at the end of practice, you can either trade your baseball card in for a little lollipop, little dum-dums, you know, the little things, little 
little suckers, whatever you want to call them, sucker. And <laughs> you trade them in or you can keep them. You can get a sticker too. You got some baseball cards too. Man, I had so much fun opening up baseball cards again. That was fun. But that's what we do. Give them that and it helps. So what's that reward, right? What's that reward for, for, um, for doing well? It's okay to reward ourselves after we've done something good. It's very important actually celebrating those wins. And like for the kids, you know, man, they're excited about that. They want to do good. They want to pay attention. They want to learn. They want to have fun. You know, they want to have a good time. And they know at the end of practice, man, they're either going to get some baseball cards and take those home, add them to their little collection, or they're going to trade them in for some candy, right? What's your reward? What are you rewarding yourself with? Well, like for me, let's start with a general thing. I'm sober today. That's a great reward. Let's start right there. I'm sober today. Thank God for that. You know, that's huge, but even take it a little bit further. What's your, what's your reward? Maybe, you know, maybe once a month you, you go out to dinner with your lady or whatever, and you, or you have, you go out with a couple of buddies after a meeting or something, and you, you go have a good time. You play some pool, you play some darts. Uh, those are bars. Why did I say, I, here, why did I say that? This is funny. I don't play pool or darts, <laughs> but yet I had this image in my mind of, yeah, we're going out with the buddies and I'm going to play some pool. And there's nothing wrong with playing pool or playing darts, by the way, either, but I don't do that. So let me just be very transparent there. I don't know what the hell the reward is. I don't, I'm talking out of my ass right now, but whatever reward that is for you. Okay. And let's change the term, the term from reward to celebrating our wins, celebrate your damn wins. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. It's okay to celebrate with a baseball a baseball card and a lollipop after practice. It's okay for an adult to celebrate with, uh, you know, maybe it's an, okay. I'm going to stop trying to think of examples here. Cause I can't think of any, they, they're coming up done, but you get my point. Celebrate your wins. It's so important. So important, you know, and then here's, here's, let, let me, let me kind of end like this. And then we're going to do a meditation and prayer for the day. A really quick one here that comes out of transitions daily as well. But here's the bottom line here. Here's the bottom line. And through all the stuff I just said, if you don't remember any of it, that's fine. But remember this, okay? We ask God, God, help me stop taking myself too seriously. God, help me to laugh, to lighten up, and be at ease with myself just the way I am. Like, I think that right there, if I can remember to do that, I'm just gonna speak with, or start with today. If I can remember to do that the rest of the day today, God, help me stop taking myself too seriously. Help me to laugh. Help me to lighten up. Help me to be at ease with myself just the way I am. Man, my, I can feel it already in my chest. My chest ain't so tight. My chest ain't so tight today, man. It's, it's feeling good. It's loose. It's light. Just from saying that out loud a couple of times, it's great. All right, so I hope something spoke to you today. Let's end with this meditation and prayer for the day. And this, once again, comes out of Transitions Daily. It's a great tool to use. Check it out if you haven't already, transitionsdaily.org. But the meditation for the day says, I can depend on God to supply me with all the power I need to face any situation, provided that I will sincerely believe in that power and honestly ask for it at the time, at the same time, making all my life conform to what I believe God wants me to be. I can come to God as a business manager would come to the owner of a business, knowing that to lay the matter before him means immediate cooperation, providing the matter has merit. So 
we're offering our day up, we're offering our moment up, we're offering our time up, we're we're serving, we're offering that stuff up to God and we're asking him to take care of it for us. Now, it doesn't mean be a lazy ass and you don't have to do work, okay? So I know that, well, what do I just ask God and then he provides that? No, it's not how it works, okay? Not how it works. So get that out of your mind if that's what you're thinking because I know that's where my mind went the first time I heard something like this. Well, what do you mean? Well, I can't. I've heard this one a couple of times from different people. Well, what? So tomorrow I'm just going to ask God and wake up. There's going to be a million dollars in my account. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not how it works. It'd be nice, right? Not really, because we wouldn't appreciate it. But no, we got to trust. We got to have faith. We have to ask God uh, to pro- and trust God that it, that He will provide for us in those in in this day today. He'll help keep us sober. Help us make the right decisions. You know, get out of myself. I'm not good at making decisions. Most of the time, especially when it comes to drinking, terrible decisions in those days, man, I don't need that crap in my life. I can lean on God and ask him to help me do that. So here's the prayer for the day. I pray that I may believe that God is ready and willing to supply me with all that I need. I pray that I may ask only for faith and strength to meet any situation. Let me read that one more time. I'm going to slow down a little bit and then we're going to end this thing. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may believe that God is ready and willing to supply me with all that I need. I pray that I may ask only for faith and strength to meet any situation. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Thank you. I hope something spoke to you today. Share the podcast with a friend. Uh, you can check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can connect with us on Instagram, at realthatsoberguy. Send us a message. Um, let us know what you think of the show. Twitter, at Shane Raymer. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Promises. Uh, what was I going to say? I forgot for a minute. Oh, yeah. Peace, love, respect. <laughs> Keep your blood clean.